So I'm uh, Tom Lucas, and I'm an independent producer, and I'm going to talk um, about another kind of information that'll kind of take us in a different direction, and that's uh, scientific data, and uh, more difficult to access, but potentially impactful uh, to the user. Uh, so as a, a producer of films about science, over the years I've seen that numerical simulations, as an example, uh, are becoming more and more a part of the science toolkit alongside theory and observation. So I got a glimmer of this <coughs> in the 80s when we did a film about tornadoes for NOVA, and there was a thunderstorm simulation in it, run, uh, performed on a Cray supercomputer. And uh, it was crude, but still produced realistic storm features. So it was kind of a breakthrough. So things have gotten a lot more sophisticated since then. And uh, the clip up here gives you a little bit of a sense of a, a contemporary storm simulation. And it was um, <laughs> developed for another, we, we developed it for another NOVA program called Hunt for the Super Twister. Uh, and um, uh, Margaret was in on one of the screenings. And hope she remembers it fondly. So this is just a, a one-minute clip. Inside storms, dynamics means how the individual blobs of air are all interacting with each other to produce the flow that becomes either the strong winds or even the tornado or even the, the things that produce hail. Based on years of weather research, Lou produces an amazingly detailed computer simulation designed with scientists at the University of Illinois. It reveals a familiar pattern. A thunderstorm explodes into the atmosphere, growing more intense every minute. The clouds begin to spin and roil high in the sky. They descend closer to the ground, still swirling rapidly. Suddenly, the rotation narrows and intensifies and touches down to Earth. The question on everyone's mind is, what triggers that final step? What makes the tornado form? So later on, we go inside that simulation and uh, uh, see where all the winds are going and how it's all structured. <coughs> and of course, the real thing is always much better. Uh, but with the simulation, we can go inside. So in the last um, eight years or so, I've been working with uh, uh, a place called the uh, Advanced Visualization Lab at the National Center for Supercomputing Applications at the University of Illinois, led by Donna Cox. And we've been visualizing these simulations, uh, not just as illustrations, but actually as part of the story. Uh, so the, the models that, that we're working with uh, are uh, numerical models. They incorporate equations, in this case, describing fluid dynamics, uh, fluid motions, cloud physics, wind interactions, and the uh, initial conditions are put in, the virtual storm does the whole thing by itself. So more and more, these codes and the, the, the data storage, the computing cycles, are held in a kind of virtual realm, uh, and institutions are all kind of connected into it. And so people from far-flung locations can actually get in and collaborate on visualizing and analyzing the data. So that's what happened in this case. Uh, there was a whole lot of back and forth between scientists in various places 
trying to answer that question, what's, what's in that storm that's going to cause that tornado? And that's kind of what the show became about as well. So we did this again with a NSF-sponsored project uh, that included something different, which was a full-dome planetarium show. And that show is called Black Holes, The Other Side of Infinity. Uh, and it was released last year. And uh, it's completely different. It gets projected onto a 60-foot screen. And uh, it's a, inside of a dome. And it's completely immersive. You see all your peripheral vision is taken up. And uh, <clears throat> so this next clip is, um, is a simulation of the birth of a star in the early universe. And, uh, it was a really long, intensive collaboration with scientists at the uh, University of California at San Diego. And um, <clears throat> it actually came out of a monstrously huge simulation of the, uh, the early universe, like a, hundreds of millions of light years across, a huge area. And this was a little speck that they pulled out and uh, computed it at high resolution. So let's see. Scientists have recreated these early times with supercomputer simulations. They can trace the long, steady process that formed galaxies. From the start, gravity reigns in the cosmos. It draws together the primordial gases. These aren't gentle clouds. As they grow more and more dense, they heat up. Over millions of years, they become hot enough to ignite. The first stars are born. end their lives in powerful supernovae, while their cores collapse into black holes. This material, along with a bunch of other simulations was, and, and visualizations, was also in a Nova show called Monster of the Milky Way, which was also funded by NSF, and it was on last year. But the, the Dome show was a real revelation. Uh, so in its first year, it's been bouncing into about 20 theaters uh, around the world and with an audience of about five to 600,000. But the, the great thing is that the audiences are sitting right there and they're not out there somewhere. And they seem to experience the content very intensely. Uh, and they're in a science museum context, so they're kind of there to learn something in the beginning. Uh, and these theaters are being built around the world at a pretty good clip. So it's a really interesting kind of a market. Uh, so here's another clip. And this is um, based on um, Andrew Hamilton at the University of Colorado and his attempt to simulate uh, with Einstein's equations what a black hole is actually like. And it got much better in the Nova show. Uh, but this is still good. The black hole pulls the gas in, then spews much of it back out. Now things get really strange. What you are seeing is not the stuff of Hollywood special effects. 
It represents the first time scientists have visualized the journey into a black hole. Their guide is Einstein and what his equations tell them. Space here is so warped, the black hole acts like a giant lens, twisting the light that scatters across it. At last, we cross the event horizon, the point of no return. But don't expect the inside of the black hole to be dark. Swirling within is a maelstrom of energy and matter. Hidden in the chaos is a single point where the black hole's mass is packed, known as the singularity. You know, the screen is as big as this room. So that's the amazing thing about it. And we can, we can put these digital images on screens that big and really blow people away. And we can even like make them sick. We turn the, turn the image too much. Uh, but the accessibility of the data um, means we can also think about interacting with audiences in new ways. So as an example, we're proposing another dome show uh, dealing with climate change, and it's also going to the NSF, but the partners are really interested in just going ahead with it anyway. So I think it's just going to happen. There's also a TV project. But it's kind of clear as we look into that that the, these times call for strong global perspectives. And these dome shows, like TV shows, can really do that. Uh, but how do you make the global perspective relevant to uh, the local perspective? So, let's see, we got Okay, so, so this image here is a map of uh, high temperatures in uh, June uh, in 2000, the period leading up to 2000. And so you can see kind of some dark spots over there. That's kind of Death Valley-like conditions. And 120 degrees uh, is, is about the average high. Uh, so this is a simulation of a, uh, the year two, 2100, same time, June, the high temperatures, uh, performed uh, by a, um, a UK global climate model and interpolated down. So you can see the dark red is much, uh, much bigger. Uh, so, you know, uh, they say, don't mess with Texas. Uh, don't go to Texas, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so this is, this is where Death Valley is now. So our idea is to make, you know, data like this much more accessible on, on a, in a web project so you can really kind of um, look at the model results, see how things are going to work in your own neighborhoods. Uh, you know, based on you know different scenarios, and we don't think that's on the web right now. It's kind of surprising, uh, but uh, there's another thing that we're interested, in, which is making it even more local. And there's uh, uh, so there's one effort which is in North Carolina that's happening now, where they're taking um, climatic data and they're putting them into portable domes, inflatable domes, which are the big things scaled down with smaller audiences. And they're starting to show climatic and topographical data to people, communities, 
and they're focusing on flooding and storm surge right now. Uh, but we're going to seek, we're going to try to feed into that and, uh, and even make it interactive as well. So just imagine, you know, if the simulations can be brought down, and they are, to a smaller scale. Imagine being able to test your own scenarios uh, to simulate global climate's impact locally. Uh, that could be very impactful as well as very educational. So, um, uh, and there's one effort that's doing that to, uh, to an extent, and that's the Hadley Center in Britain is making PC-sized climate models uh, available regionally around the world. So for local governments and scientists to plan and to project out what's going to happen right there. Uh, we're almost out of time, so I'll let Curtis have the rest. Mm -hmm.